Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joel. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. What's up, everybody? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Follow me, follow you right back. And then following him, we got from Five Reasons and well-known on Reddit as an author, Mr. Brian Young. Say what's up to the people, Brian. What's up? Uh... Follow me at Brian is the king. Uh, yeah, for horror stories and sometimes basketball talk. And then right after him, we got Mr. Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy. What's going on? He nice. It's Jimmy Buckets here. You can follow me on Twitter. Jimmy Buckets with four Z's at the end. And then right after that, we got our female correspondent, Miss Angelina Martel. Say what's up to the people, Angelina. What's going on, Universe of the World? It's Angelina Martel. You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martel with two E's for all the latest Miami Heat updates. And as always, we got a very good episode for you guys. So last night, while the game did have a few scares here and there, Miami pulled away with another win, and we're at 21-18. So to be three games over 500 is amazing. How are you guys feeling right now? We'll start with you, Flash. I feel great. I mean, last time we were on here and able to talk about the games and stuff, we we sucked. We don't anymore. So that's always a good thing. We played good last night. Uh, like you said, scary moments. Um, Nikola Vucevic turned into prime reality. And Terrence Ross just doing Terrence Ross things and that he always does against us and gets us mad, frustrated because he just can't miss against the Miami Heat. So it's crazy. But mainly, I just want to get this out of the way. Jimmy Butler, he's been so, so good. Last night, look at his stat line, 29-7-9 in five steals. He's been playing out of his mind ever since he beat COVID because he destroyed COVID because that apparently had no effect on him at all. He played really well. Duncan, he went four for twelve. He's he's taking a lot of shots, and he still needs to like be more efficient as a shooter. But as long as he's getting three or four a game, I'm fine with that. And what everybody's been waiting for, at least for the first half of the game, Casey Akpala finally did something on offense that's not shooting a corner three, and I love it. So I think we played really well. I think we're finding our groove. Tyler Hero looks like he's coming back into form. Iguodala plays great defense. So all around, I think we played a good game. 
and uh, should probably keep this momentum going forward with the rec with the schedule we have. Right, and then Brian, you. Uh, yeah, it was a good game. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, whenever they play the Magic, they might as well be playing the 96 Bulls. So <laughs> um, anytime we beat them, it's a good win. Um, you know, you can't not love what you're seeing from Jimmy. You know, it's good to see Tyler Hero kind of round back in the form. You know, uh, like Clutch mentioned, KZ had a not, – not necessarily a breakout game, but, you know, a game where he showed flashes – and, you know, the, the kind of progression that I think we all want to see from him. So I'm liking this positive momentum. Right. And then, Jimmy Buckets, what about you? Uh, I'm feeling really, really optimistic uh, about this team going forward, uh, whether we make moves or not. I mean, hopefully we do make a couple moves to address our, our needs and everything. But I, I'm feeling optimistic, and I'm also impressed. Uh, I'm really impressed with – a few things that our team is doing just so well over the last few games, especially without Bam in the mix. I think KO stepped up big time. As much as we've slandered him in the past, he has channeled something uh, within him. And I think it's really funny. I know Five Reasons tweeted out uh, what has gotten into Kelly Olenek lately, and uh, Adam Clutch Adam res- responded to trade deadline. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was a really, really witty and funny response and very true. Also, I think Kelly knows that he is uh, a part of trade talks, and maybe that's what's caused him to step his game up. Uh, whether he wants to stay in Miami, which I think he does, I think he really likes his team, or he wants to make sure he gets a good contract elsewhere, he's really stepped up his not only offensive game, uh, but his defensive game. Uh, he shot 50% from three last game, uh, had 18 points, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, two blocks. I mean, Jimmy had a killer stat line, but if you look at KO's stat line, he was uh, he, he was a big, big factor last night. So uh, big, big props to him and, and our whole team defense as a whole. Uh, another, uh, I mean, I know KZ is obviously really good at defense, and he showed that last night. But I also noticed Tyler Hero playing really good defense last night, which is uh, really, really nice to see to go along with his great offensive game he put up last night. So, uh we, you know, basically Jimmy Butler, Kelly, and Tyler um, uh, brought us home to W. So I, I'm just excited and, and, and optimistic. So good mm-hmm. W. Go Heat. Angelina? As I'm sure all Heat Nation is, we're extremely proud of our how far our team has come. We ended the first half over 500. Not over 500, I'm sorry. At 500, we were 18 and 18, and from then on, we've just been growing and growing. And we've had a four-game win streak. We're nine and one in our last ten games. We've won four of the. We want. We've gone on our four-game winning streak without Bam. So that also says a lot to how much our team has really improved, and how proud of, uh, like how proud of it we are. And overall, our team has just grown. And last night's game, I know our team is not the best on defense, but last night we really showed like great defense, not just Apollo but Butler. Um, hero, like Jimmy said, we had we he played great defense, and so I'm just I'm sure all of Heat Nation's just proud to how far the team has come, and we bounced back as everyone hoped we would and knew we would. So it's always a great thing. And then you know, moving forward, I want to talk about in this episode. I really want to make it a Jimmy Butler appreciation episode 
because the bro has been bowling out. Whether if, it, if Bam is there or not, like, dude is going out there and doing his thing. And I, I, it, it sucks that COVID happened for him because I really feel like, and I know all of Heat Nation feels this, and that it's that he should be in the MVP conversation and he should be a legit candidate. I mean, well, how do you guys feel? I know Clutch, you hit on. I mean, I know, yeah, Flash, you hit on it, but um, MVP, 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 MVP. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, man. Hey, we we gotta talk. get that trending. We gotta get that yeah. trending. I already tweeted about it. I got a couple of retweets already, so we're going places. Heck, so hey, heck yeah. We got. We have to talk about this. And I saw some. I saw a great quote from Jimmy Butler on Twitter. That came from Brady Hawk from Five Reasons. He, Jimmy Butler, was asked about the opening tip. It was last night, which was awesome. And he <laughs> said, and he said, me and Spo talked about it before the game. He said to impact winning. And Jimmy Butler responded with, "Hey, let's start with the jump ball." That's legend talk right there. That's uh, I think a quote that Spo said at one point or another. I think in the NBA Finals. That's the, that's the sound of a champion before he becomes a champion. So he's been awesome. I love what Jimmy Butler's been doing. He's he just he's been steamrolling everybody and I love it on both sides of the floor. He's been great and he most definitely should be in the MVP conversation. For sure. Then Brian, well how how about you? How do you feel about this? Uh, I think you should be in the conversation for sure. Like I, I don't want to be the skunk at the garden party in say that like i don't know like he's obviously been playing out of his mind this is without a doubt the best season of his career and i think that you know he should absolutely get some votes for mvp at the end of the season but i still feel like you have a guy like Giannis who's putting up monster numbers as he always says and he's on a team with a better record right um I don't know. I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but you know, you have guys like Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant and LeBron James is always a strong candidate. So I don't know if he is even like a top three candidate, but I think you can make a, a solid argument that he's around top five. You know, like I said, he's in the conversation, but he's not like a realistic uh, winner of the MVP, if that makes sense. But I think that, like I said, if you're talking about the MVP, then you have to mention what Jimmy's doing because he's he's playing great. Right. And then the man himself who's named Jimmy Buckets, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't have a you can't have a Jimmy Butler conversation without Jimmy Buckets in here, man. <laughs> nothing nothing makes me happier than to talk about the Heat, my favorite basketball team, and nothing makes me happier than to talk about my favorite basketball player of all time. Mr. Jimmy G. Buckets, and the G stands for Gets. Uh, I love Jimmy so much, man. I've always been a fan of him, even when he wasn't on the Heat. One of my favorite players I always rooted for. And since joining the, the Heat and watching how much he's impacted our team and embraced um, the Miami Heat culture and the Miami Heat way of basketball and how he just wants to make people better and just wants to win at all costs, that jump ball was my absolute favorite moment of the game last night. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, I've never seen him. He got so excited when he got the first tip. Then they, then they canceled it and had to retip it. And then, then he out jumps seven foot Vucevic, gets the tip, and celebrates like he just won the NBA Finals. So <laughs> that that man has passion, and I haven't seen that 
kind of passion and just will to win and just strive to be better and have other people better and just determination. In in my 30-some years of watching the NBA, I've never seen a player that's just that hungry and that just wants to win. Uh, and I love having him on our team. I, he's just a perfect fit here. And uh, hopefully, we'll, well, I mean, I know we're going to offer him an extension next year, and I know he's going to take it. He'll he'll have his career here, uh, you know, the rest of his career here. And uh, as far as getting players to help him out and everything, Jimmy, I know Jimmy uh, has been involved in with the Heat front office as far as which players uh, they would be interested in, and would he be interested in them, and who it would take moving in order to get them. And Jimmy has so far been happy with what he has, apparently, from everything I've read. Uh, it, as far as making moves, there's certain players that he, he is friends with and, and would potentially want to get, like a Lowry or, you know, other people like that. But uh, I think he, he really likes KO. He really likes Tyler. He, he likes this team. So making him happy, I think he's really happy. Um, but, I, you know, as far as making a move, I would like to see us put another piece around him, especially a scorer. Uh, for you know somebody just to to help help him so he doesn't have to go all out every night. Even though I know he he can go all out and and he's still uh, got what it takes and is just I think he I know he's in the prime right now, but I think he still has a few more years of this left. So just just love Jimmy and glad he's a part of our team and organization. Right, and then Angelina, I know you started your own campaign for Jimmy Butler to win MVP, MVP on Twitter. MVP. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, seriously, if he gets snubbed again, I'm suing the national basketball. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but to be serious, like the fact that he came back after two weeks, COVID, well, he kicked COVID's butt. It's not the other way around. But to average 21 points a game, to score five triple doubles in that time period of coming back and leading your team to all these victories without a bunch of key players like Bam, Hero, and Dragish, that just... If that's not MVP stats, then I don't know what is. And of course, like, you know, there's Joel Embiid, LeBron James, all those top tier players that have obviously contributed a lot to their teams with scoring and stats, et cetera. But I feel like Jimmy Butler is the real, I feel like MVP doesn't just mean stats, but also leadership towards your team. And Jimmy Butler has been nothing but that, but a constant leader and mentor for the team and the players. And so... I feel like if anyone deserves it the most, and I'm not being biased, it's him because he shows leadership. He sh- he proves and shows the stats. He has what it takes to be an MVP, and if he should definitely 100% be in the conversation because look at what he's done for the team and look at what he's proven because, like I said, although he's been out for so long with the COVID, and but he came back and proved the point, kicked its butt, and now he's he's fallen again. You know, it's Jimmy Buckets. So he should definitely be in the conversation, I think. For sure. And then, you know, you look at this team, and as you guys mentioned, the Heat aren't fully healthy. And I think that could be a scary thing. So it, with that being said, we've talked about this Heat team after last night and after the amazing performances we've seen by Jimmy Butler. The question that we honestly need to ask is, aside from Brooklyn, is there really any team in the East that could touch Miami right now? Who wants to maybe first? the Sixers. Well, they don't have Joel Embiid, and I don't know if Ben Simmons is back, but maybe the Sixers, possibly Milwaukee. But 
I don't know because, hey, look, we beat the number one team in the league, but that's in the West. But either way, it's the number one team in the league. Not many people, except for 10 other teams, including us, well, nine including us, can say that they've beat the Utah Jazz. So that's, I think, an accomplishment in itself. And so I feel like the only three teams we really have to worry about are the Sixers, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. So, but that's my opinion. Maybe you guys have different thoughts, but I just wanted to throw that out there. We can beat any team in a seven-game series, not named the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are just too good right now. And they're just, they're just too good right now doing it without without Kevin Durant. Yeah, so imagine, I, I imagine that. I I, I agree. If we if, if we if we don't make a move, we can beat any team in a seven game series besides Brooklyn. And a healthy Philly might be really really tough, or would be really really tough. But it, but if we make a, some sort of move, then I think we can we can we can give Brooklyn a run for their money. I don't think there's a scenario today where we can make a trade and be the favorites in the East. I think that's always going to be Brooklyn. It's just going to be a matter of fact of what can we do to give them a fight? Well, if you really think about it, the first game that we played against them, we didn't have Butler. We didn't have Bradley. Well, I don't remember if we had Bradley or not, but we didn't have Jimmy. And that was already a scary thing as it is playing Brooklyn with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, but we were only short by four points, and Bam absolutely went off that game. That's where he scored his career-high 41 points, and I'm sure everyone thought this was just going to be a blowout. You know, Brooklyn was going to beat us by, like, 30-something points, whatever, but we proved them wrong, and we came so, so, so close to beating them in the first game. Right. Our back-to-back Right, but this, this, happens, this happens a lot with super teams, especially when they see the other team is battered and bruised. Um... They play down to their competition, so the fact that we came between between like four points of beating them doesn't really do anything for me, because I'm pretty sure if they were they knew Jimmy Butler was playing, I don't know, I don't, I, I can't remember if Goran played that those games, but if they knew that he were fully healthy and they were they weren't bad at the time because the Heat were bad, they probably would have put on a way better effort than they showed. So just being four point a four point difference in the game really doesn't say anything. I still think as it's currently constructed, the Brooklyn Nets would would kick our ass. That's just yeah, the, I'm, the I'm truth with, of the situation. I, I'm I'm with that take. Like I think that in a series against Milwaukee and the Seventy Sixers, the Heat would be underdogs, but I think that they could still beat those teams. Um, you know, especially if they make a move or two. Uh, but the Nets, I just man, you don't bet against Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't care that they don't have much of anything else beyond those guys. Those are three absolute killers, and I just don't see anyone really messing with those dudes. So, I think that unless you know Bradley Beal f- fell out of the sky. You know, for the Heat, there isn't really much that we're going to do to to mess with them. I think that they can make it tough. I think that, you know, especially if they get a Victor Oladipo or something, you know, or some some other move, some other some other big upgrade. But outside of that, I don't. I just don't see anybody really touching the Nets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Buckets, what about you? The Nets are so good. They're so freaking good. Like, and they just keep getting better. And who knows what they're going to be able to do here, if they're going to do anything or if they'll be able to do anything uh, before free agency ends. 
they, they may, and people want to go there. They might be able to get people on veterans minimums or, you know, these free agents like a boogie or somebody who can sign wherever they want. They, they might want to go get a ring um, because right now Brooklyn's looking like the favorite overall. I mean, those, like they have a three-headed beast. I mean, they, I, I don't even see any team in the West really giving them too, I mean, too crazy much of a problem. I mean, if, if they play to their full potential, uh, and I think Griffin was playing possum in Detroit, so I think he's better than, than people are thinking. You know, I think he has a little bit of gas left in the tank. Still, I, I just think they're way too good. And I think that they may even get better. And uh, is, how long – does anybody know how long Dinwiddie's out for? I think the whole season, mm-hmm. right? The whole season? Is he out for the whole season? Okay. All right. That's – yeah, I was going to say I, I didn't know if they were getting him back or not. But, uh, yeah, they're just really good. The only way I see us competing with them is if we do a major move, like somehow land our our two South Florida boys, Oladipo and Collins. Like we would need something like two main – players or something like that i don't think an oladipo or a collins pushes us over the edge on brooklyn those are my two favorite of uh, players that we've been linked to besides vucevic too but i don't think Orlando's ever going to get rid of him he's he's insane um i would love to have him but, but yeah we're, i think we're going to need to make a big splash in the next couple of weeks if we want to compete with brooklyn this year right because when you look at it i mean the East definitely is stacked with talent. And then that's when you have to look at the potential trade and buyout market. Buyout market, truth be told, I don't really look at that the same way as I probably would have looked at it last year. Because the mentality I have for that is if a player gets bought out, they're most likely either going to go to Brooklyn um, or one of the LA teams. That's what I think. You know, I don't really have that mentality where, oh, they're going to maybe come to Miami. Uh, regarding the trade uh, market, that's something where I look with the more um, optimistic note on. So, you know, with trade deadline coming very soon in less than two weeks from now, you know, that leads to a question. I know we've talked about this a lot in past episodes, <clears throat> but I feel like things have changed so much since then. So... I want to ask you guys, is there any trade targets that are out there for Miami that you think can make a big difference if Miami was to get them? The the number one trade target that Miami should get, I use the word should because I don't know if they're going to win, or even they haven't really reported much interest, is Victor Oladipo. I think that's the realistic target, the realistic number one target. Because if we're talking about Bradley Veal and these guys, these guys aren't available. They're not available. They're probably not going to be available. So I think Victor Oladipo is the clear-cut number one target. But if you want to go lower down the list, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of going after a, the Marcus Aldridge, especially giving up players that don't even play. Because I saw a report about Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless, and there was somebody else in there that just, Myers. they don't play. So, and Myers. Yeah, so they don't play. So why not? It's really, you don't lose anything from it. So I'm a fan. I would be a fan of a LaMarcus Aldridge move. Um, but that would probably, for me to be okay with it, would probably have to come after the Heat do their full diligence on somebody like like a Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brian? 
Um, there's a lot of trade targets. I mean, I think, uh, like Clutch said, uh, you know, Victor Oladipo is kind of the guy that I have been focused on for a minute. Uh, John Collins, I think, is another name. Apparently, there's a report that came out today that the Hawks are more locked in on trading him. I don't know how true it is, um, but he's definitely, definitely a guy that you got to look at. I like even Alonzo Ball. You know, I think that he's a guy that could help supercharge his offense. You know, I'd love to see Lonzo throwing lobs to to Bam. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I also think that a Beal is is pretty unlikely at this point. Um, some lower tier moves: Marcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay. You know, I would probably check in on a Harrison Barnes. There's a lot of names to be had. The thing is that the Heat have to be active, right? And they can't settle for uh, Bielitsa or PJ Tucker and just kind of think that that's going to be good enough. You know, there's there's a lot of names out there, and I think that with the way that their roster is, you know, like do you want to pay none and D Rob? You know, um, what are people going to? be willing to give you for an Avery Bradley you know uh can you shed some salary you know whether it's Myers or um Mo Harkless you know I think there's a lot of moving pieces on this roster already to where you can kind of feel comfortable saying all right well we can look at all these names and really see what's out there but like Jimmy Buckets mentioned Jimmy loves his team you know so it's kind of going to be a question of like how much he wants to shake things up because that's something that we don't know. Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable bringing in a bigger name. But I think ultimately, Victor Oladipo is, is the guy that kind of makes the most sense because they've been linked together the longest. Right. Right, because the only conflict with Victor Oladipo is that, you know, we don't know if this guy... Wants, we don't know it's... Um, like, we don't know if he wants a, what's it called, what do you, what, what do you call it, a max contract. Because if he does, that's automatically the deal breaker. And the question that I want to ask you real quick before we talk about more trade targets is if Miami did want Victor Oladipo, it's like, wouldn't they have already gotten him? Because Miami clearly have has the assets for him if you look at it. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, don't Like, do you think Miami honestly wants him at this point? I mean, they're probably trying to wait if someone bigger comes around. But like you said, we could have definitely gotten him if we really wanted him because, like you said, we have the assets and everything. But I feel like they're waiting for somebody bigger or, like, better stats-wise to come around. I'm not saying Oladipo doesn't have good stats. You know, he puts up great stats. But maybe just taking their time with it and not rushing it like most people want them to be like oh just pick all the deeper what are you waiting for same thing with bradley be like oh why don't just get beal already what are you waiting for they're strategically planning out what they want to do and they're not just going to rush in because if they rush and say they do pick all the depot say someone bigger and better comes around like maybe bill did want to come around or i don't know lonzo or some somebody of the sorts but i feel like they're just taking it slow and planning it correctly just to make sure that they don't make the wrong decision too fast, if that makes any sense. Bill's okay, but Lonzo's not better than Oladipo. No, I'm just saying um, Lonzo puts up good offense and defense, but... Oladipo's been putting up 25 points per game in the last five games. That's true, but I'm just saying like any... Oladipo Oladipo quit last night after the first half. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't blame him, bro. They're on a he 16 quit, he quit. streak. Yeah. Come on now. He's, he's that looks like a Pat Riley type of guy. <laughs> he, he, he straight quit. They they benched him. They benched him the second half. He quit. 
so I mean they're gonna, they're definitely moving him. They they gave up James Harden for a bag of potato chips. <laughs> they should I don't know why they didn't keep Karis LeVert. They're idiots. They they lost. They gave up. Jared, they had Jared. I mean they're just dumb. They traded James Harden for Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and then get rid of them for nothing. And Genuinely, then getting, I don't blame Oladipo because he crazy. doesn't want. He's playing the win, not to lose, and they're on a no, I know. losing streak. It's, it's, like, come on no, now. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody wants to be in Houston. They're taking mad hills. Uh, but we need not to get. I think, I think we need to make a move for Oladipo before somebody else does. I've, I've heard this morning about the Magic, uh, Aaron Gordon for Oladipo, and if, if Oladipo goes to the Magic, the Magic get Oladipo, and we do not. That would make me That's just so throw sad. up. I would just throw up. I would throw up everywhere. <laughs> that would be awful. If we get we, out, we, we know, get out we know Vic wants to be here. That's like that's the thing on top of that. It's not that it's just he doesn't want to be in Houston. He has openly said he wants to be in the Miami Heat. Yeah. So, I'll take him. What's what are they waiting for? I think I think he fits. I think he fits perfectly. Pat Riley does. To be honest, I think Pat Riley does most of his moves, like you said, around the trade deadline because he wants to survey the entire landscape. So I. When people say, "Oh, why? If if we really wanted him, we would have got him already." Not necessarily because of that factor. Pat Riley makes his moves like the day before, or the day of. So he wants to survey the entire landscape, make sure every piece. There's make sure you don't make a trade for Oladipo, and then something something else pops up, maybe a John Collins for the right price or something like that. Oh, isn't wasn't Zach Levine in the conversation too, or was that just a rumor? That I think that's, that's just a rumor. He's not. He's not. Yeah, you know, because like I know it's hard because you keep hearing over and over again like Miami's interested in this guy. They're interested in this dude. You know, it's kind of hard to like you lose track after so many. Yeah, like it's kind of hard to understand which reports are true or not until like the actual legit sources, whether if it's Five Reasons or Barry Jackson, one of those guys comes out and confirms it, you know, but until then, you know, we just keep hearing all these noise from these certain other reporters that some of them, we've never, yeah, like some of them we've never even heard of before, like people who don't even have their own picture like they don't even they're not even followed by like big people because i know you know for fans you know you have your way of trying to find out like who a report how a reporter is legit whether if oh they're followed by this certain type of people and all that you know it's hard to tell and all you're just doing is putting yourself in a situation where you're just simply trying to find out if the guy's reliable and if the news is true and trying to see if other people are going to back it up. So with that being said, like, it's just hard to really understand who Miami's honestly going after. Unless one of those big name reporters, you know, whether if it is Five Reasons, Barry Jackson, whatever, you know, it, unless one of them are reporting it, you know, you're just going to keep on hearing the noise, especially for players like Levine and all of them. Yeah, you got to make sure to, to know what's noise and what's actually available. Uh, like we've seen the reports of by five reasons by Barry Jackson, like you said about the Marcus Aldridge, so that's very real. Yeah, and you really haven't seen much report lately about Oladipo either. We, he's of course he's we know he's going to be he's available, but there hasn't been there's been a lot of interest from Oladipo to Miami, but not not a lot of sound coming from Miami to Oladipo. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you know, start stirring them back away from Oladipo. Like, is there any other names that we haven't brought up yet that you feel like we should acknowledge for this trade deadline? The free agency, uh, or the potential players that are going to be free agents next year that teams are looking to move that they don't want to pay is probably one of the worst I've seen in, a few, in years. It's not that great in the... People that are going to be free agents like Kawhi Leonard are probably going to stay put. Uh, but I did, I posted something last night in the, the Heat versus the World group chat about Kawhi being basically fed up to, at this point, just saying they stink and, you know, this and that. So, you know, who, who knows? You never know. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere. But um, it just I'm just talking about potential like next, like next year who we could sign possibly in the offseason. But uh, players that are going to be free agents next year that people are looking to move. Uh, it's it's not like we basically covered most of them. Like, a, you know, Oladipo, Collins, uh, Barnes, Aldridge, maybe Gay. The only one that wasn't really covered is DeRozan. Yeah, DeRozan. But yeah, you can be yeah I, I haven't I haven't heard anything about him in a while. That There was a lot, lot of chatter going on with him for a little bit, and then it just kind of died off. I think it's it feels like he's staying the... put. Yeah, the Spurs are in the playoffs right now, right? Uh, yeah, they're seventh in the West, but so they're, they're, not they're good probably. To yeah, yeah, not. I, I don't think they're going to win a championship or anything. Or, um, but I do think that maybe it's it's realistic that they're like, well, you know, if we trade Demar, then that means we're tanking, and I don't yeah. know what the pick situation is like. So maybe they just don't feel comfortable, you know, giving up on at least being in the playoffs. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with their uh, their thinking. I mean, they got beat by 40 points by Philly with no what no no Embiid or no Simmons. Or that one of their main players was out. They got spanked last night. I don't know. Right, Four, but the the Spurs think a lot like the like the Heat. They always want to compete. So yeah. if they're in the seventh seed, like if you got to think about it, if the Heat were in their position in the West. And they, you don't really have a shot, a shot of competing, but you're still the seventh seed. Pat Riley's not selling. Yeah. He's staying put, and he's trying to. He's going to go out in a sweep if he has to, but as long as he makes the playoffs. Yeah, I, I feel like the Spurs are the Raptors of the West. Like uh, the, the good organizations like us, because I feel like us, Toronto, San Antonio are probably the three like best, like most stand up organizations, and I, and I feel like Toronto's. You know, they're they're going down a little bit. Uh, you know, from what they used to be in San Antonio, they're not what they used to be, but they're still relative, and they and they both want to compete. So, yeah, I can see why they Toronto would. Toronto has some decisions to make. Oh, yeah, oh, Lowry? Oh, Lowry? Yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about Lowry. Yeah, we have not touched on that. <laughs> How did there we, we go. Not, how did we not talk about Lowry? That surprises me. I know. I was just, I, when I when I heard Raptors, I was like, oh yeah, Kyle Lowry. But <laughs> right, he's so, definitely an option. I think he'd be a great contributor to our team. Right, so if you, Lowry, if you look at Lowry, uh, I, there was another report coming with, with the Audrey's report about Kyle Lowry, about us putting Goran Dragic in the trade. I don't think that's real. I don't oh. think that's legitimate. I don't think that he are going to move on from Dragic. Not, not because Dragic is just as good or better, because he, he can be just as good or better, but in spurts, not no longer... The, through the whole game, but it's way deeper than that now. 
Drogic is one day probably going to have his jersey raised. Not probably. So going to happen. I hope they do. I really hope they do. He oh, okay, do. Lowry. I mean, Drogic is gonna Drogic is gonna have his jersey raised. So it's deeper than that. Miami's a very loyal organization. They they realized they messed up by putting him in a in a trade to to that to Dallas that eventually fell through because Dallas has hearing problems apparently. Um, but it was the probably the best thing that's ever happened to us. And they realized that Dragic is a heat lifer and doing him wrong by sending him to to Canada, no thank you. Right. Well, Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, aside from the idea that you could send Goran there, I mean, what would a Kyle Lowry package really look like? Just curious. Uh, a whole bunch of filler. A whole whole bunch it, of it, thirty million dollars. Kendrick Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olynyk, Myers Leonard, Avery Bradley, one of those. I think I, I think we stick with Iggy. I, I don't think Iggy's going to be a part of any package. We wouldn't I think give they, Hero too, or no? Oh no! No, 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 no not no, for Kyle no, Lowry. No, no, no not, not for Kyle Lowry. Hell no! It would be it would be none and expirings. I don't even think we would have to give them any picks. I think none and expirings would be would get them. Well, I think Lennox going to have to go regardless because his contract's expiring unless they decide to resign him. But I doubt that. I don't think. I don't think that's God. I hope not. Listen, like. Speaking of Kelly, really quick, um, he's been he's been playing good lately, but that's a product of not having Bam out there. With Bam, with with Bam, Kelly Kelly is no good. I'm sorry to say it for the Kelly Olynyk truthers out there. Kelly is no good with Bam out there. So if as soon as Bam comes back, you're going to go back to calling him trash. I'm calling it right now because it's going to happen. Kelly Olynyk. He's playing really good. Maybe that's a little bit of raising this trade stock. Sell high. Kendrick um, Nunn. Yeah. yeah. Sell high. And keep in mind. These guys that are so inconsistent, sell high. And keep in mind, like you said, I mean, dude is on an expiring contract. You know, a new nickname I feel like you should get is Contract Year Kells. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> like, that's what it is. Like, you don't know if this guy is going to bowl out this year just so he could get a better contract. Because we don't know what he's going to do next year. Because let's say we get, we, for some reason, we say to Kelly, you know what? You were bowling this year. We're going to give you a good, con- a better contract. And let's say he gets Ugh, I, it. My God. And then starting next season, you know, it's the same guy we've been calling trash all along. You know, so I don't think Miami will make the Hassan type mistake where they're going to pay him. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that. So, yeah, there's that. You know, by the time Bam comes back and all that, like you said, Flash, you know, all this talk about contract year Kells being a bowler, probably we're probably going to have to put that to bed. <laughs> well, I think that's what you sell to other teams, right? Like, you tell other teams, hey... You know, he will play better in your system because he's going to be more of a focal part, uh, focal point of your offense. And, you know, I think that these past few games have kind of showed that. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he's raising his trade stock a little bit because, you know, I think that the Heat kind of know that the four is where they have to upgrade. And I think just for Kelly himself, you know, it's probably better for him, you know, in his contract situation, if he can go to a different team and, 
and kind of show what he can do. So, you know, it's great. It'd be great if they could mutually work that out. But, you know, he has to keep playing decently up until the trade deadline. And I mean, curious question. Where are we with Rudy Gay? Like, what's happening there? Does anyone know? I mean, I think you would try You would try to get both the Marcus and Rudy in, yeah. in some sort of way. You would try. I don't think... I, I think it uh, goes back to what we were talking about DeRozan at one point. Pop probably wants to keep most of his guys around. So Gay might be tougher to get, obviously, than the Marcus who who has already mutually agreed with the Spurs part ways. But, yeah, uh, I think as long as they're competing, it's going to be hard to get Rudy Gay. Yeah, Rudy Gay's been playing pretty well this season. So you'd have to give up something pretty valuable. Like, I, I don't think that a KZ Akpala, for example, would sway the Spurs to move Rudy Gay. It would have um, to be a Kendrick Nunn, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. If I'm the Spurs, I would probably rather have Rudy Gay than Kendrick Nunn. But, yeah, I don't know. Because they already have a lot of guards, right? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, lo- they're, lo- they're loaded with guards. They got Murray, White, Mills. Uh, they have a good they have a good guard rotation. Yeah, yeah so we, I'm just I not sure can, what they would want. I also think we can pretty much agree on the fact that any trade that Miami does with San Antonio or with other teams is probably going to be a three-way team trade with the with the Oklahoma City Thunder yeah. by un- unprotecting that pick. So more picks become available because eventually the difference might be that one first-round pick. So you would, you would think that Oklahoma will be involved in any trade. See, but then the question is, like, do you want to trade a first for Rudy Gay, essentially? No, I don't know. I, Pat Riley I, doesn't care about picks. Yeah, no, I, I know that he doesn't, and that's kind of been his mo. But then I feel like you got to look at the teams and say, "Hey, man, when you've had first round picks, you've done really well with them." I mean, Dwayne Wade, yeah. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, like, like when they get the opportunity to scout a high talent player and bring him in, they're usually pretty damn good. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Brian. I agree, Brian. Do you think that Brian? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I need to ask you this because I respect your opinion a lot. Yeah, do you appreciate think, it. Do you think that our Miami's first round pick, like us giving up a first round pick, is it's more valuable to us than it would be another organization just because of our scouting and how and, and how well we've done with drafting over the past, you know, since since we since the Riley era. Oh, no, I absolutely think that the first-round picks are more valuable to Miami because, you know, they have developed talent really, really well. I mean, like, you look at the number of guys who haven't worked out on other teams. Like, if you put those dudes in Miami, I'm sure a lot of them would have had pretty damn good careers, you know? So I I am fully confident that, you know, whatever pick that ended up being would probably be a more productive player than Rudy Gay or LaMarcus Aldridge would end up being for the Heat. I agree. It's 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 whether we want to think short term or long term. It's like because they would basically be rentals. A pick would be something we could develop, but you know, it's, it's right. we, but we, but we you, you got to think. Uh, but, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just saying, Butler Butler still has two or three years left in his prime, but he I see him playing like LeBron until his late thirties. Um and I and I believe he'll be a heat lifer. So it's kinda reminds me of the D Wade situation uh before, like in oh eight, oh nine or whatever when when he just had like Richardson O'Neal, uh, washed up Jermaine O'Neal, maybe Beasley, I think was his second option or something. But they didn't they didn't really make moves, I believe, in oh nine when they could have. Um, and Wade was in his prime then and was stuck with a really, really mediocre team. But the reason they did that was with the intention of the next year with the LeBron and Bosch. So I kind of feel like it's a sort of similar situation with Jimmy now. Uh, this team's a lot better than the 09 team, but this is a, a good team. So, but, but I feel like basically J- Wade was in his prime in about like 08, 09. Going into 10, and I believe that's where Jimmy's at kind of now. So I think it's, you know, kind of we have that window. So I, I hope we, we think about winning soon, sooner than later. So I hope that I, don't, I wouldn't even mind Russ um, at, at the point, one or two years short term things rather than picks having to develop over years because I'm wanting to win with Jimmy while he's prime Jimmy right now. No, that's fair. I think another thing we have to right. also consider, though, is that you can use those picks for bigger trades. Yeah. So if a Bradley true. Beal does become available, true, true. then you, can hold yeah, you want yeah. those assets. True, yeah, true. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, You're 100% right on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that, I completely 1,000% agree. But if we're talking about, because the picks we're talking about that are available for us to trade, when if we unprotect the OKC pick and all that, I think it's 2024 and 2027. Something like that. Yeah. And I don't think I really don't think in terms of just developing picks and all that, I don't think seventy five year old Pat Riley is in, is interested in the twenty twenty four first round <laughs> pick. Because by then he'd probably be sipping to sipping margaritas in Malibu. So I don't think he cares. I think and the man in charge is Pat Riley, so those twenty twenty four picks don't really matter because He's, he said he, he looks at the picks and he's like, I'm not going to be here for that. Might as well trade him. So I, that's that's the reason I don't I don't see us keeping the picks in terms of to use them in a the draft. If you want to talk about using them in a bigger trade, sure, that make, that actually makes a lot of sense. But to keep them just to have them, nah. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. I was just saying that. No, you go first, Brian, because what I what I'm saying is going to switch. Is going to change what you were going to say. All right. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I think that Pat Riley. You know, I mean, we know his history. He he doesn't really care about the picks. But again, I just kind of think that he has to be more forward thinking. With like, all right, well, you know, would a team like Washington care about a 2024 pick? Probably. And you know, is it more? Is it more worth it for us to use a pick on a Rudy Gay who probably isn't going to take us over the top and beat the Nets versus, you know, the potential of that pick being used in a bigger trade or down the line for some other move. You know, personally, I think that the short-term gratification of having a Rudy Gay just to make it slightly more competitive with the Nets but still ultimately lose isn't worth what the pick could end up giving you whether whether it's via development or trading it in a superstar move so that's kind of where i'm at i i typically philosophically more like you know 
trade a pick if you know that it's going to be a big enough move to make a difference. But if moving it isn't going to really do anything for you, then it, it just seems like burning it just to burn it, which doesn't really, which I think can hurt you down the line. True, true. What, what I was going to say is I've heard that Riley's been trying to make some moves and that Mickey Arison's kind of had him handcuffed on some things, not wanting to dip into the luxury tax. And I wanted to bring that up and see if you guys have heard anything about that and have any opinions on on that whole situation. I don't I don't think that's true. I, I just don't because Mickey Arison's been on record saying that if a move helps you get to the championship level that he would pay into the tax. So I just, I really, really have a hard time believing that that's actually true. I think it's whoever says that is just looking for somebody to blame for not being able to make a trade. And obviously nobody wants to blame Pat Riley. I mean, that's not quite true because a lot of people are calling him washed, which that's another beef I have for, for another day. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't buy it. I don't think it's true. And yeah, that's pretty much my whole opinion on it. And by the way, like, you know, I don't think Minky would care about luxury tax and all that because at the end of the day, the Heat is trying to win a championship. So, you know, it's very, it's a very short list of teams, of a list of championship teams out there that didn't go over the luxury tax to win a championship. You know, a handful of teams who went on to win a title have went over the luxury tax. So to say that Mickey Harrison wouldn't be willing to do something like pay the luxury tax, you know, that's kind of hard to believe personally for me. You know, he's won three championships before. He knows the sacrifices that you got to make to bring another trophy home. The idea that all of a sudden he simply doesn't want to pay the luxury tax just seems like too unbelievable for me to really comprehend. That's good. I was hoping it. I was hoping that stuff wasn't true. I was reading stuff about like the COVID and the carnival stuff, like him losing a lot of money with the cruise lines and whatnot. Um, yeah. Might have something to do with it, but I was hoping it wasn't true. But I saw it a lot of places, and so that's why I wanted to ask y'all to see what y'all thought about it. So I was hoping that wasn't true, and I didn't think it would because of the past. But that's at least I was reading a lot about that, like uh, in the last few days, and I was like, I, I didn't know who else to. to you know, bounce bounce it off of besides you guys. So I'm glad to hear that that's probably not true. That's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's weird, right? Because, I mean, Mickey is a billionaire, right? So ultimately, yeah. like, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, but, you know, you know what they say about billionaires. Like, you don't get to have that much money by being willy-nilly <laughs> with your spending, right? Yeah, so true. I think I, I could be remembering this wrong, but I do think that Mickey has said in the past that he wouldn't pay the luxury tax for a team that wasn't a championship caliber team and if he feels that whatever move pat is going to make isn't going to bring him a championship and you know he's paying extra money for nothing essentially then i can see why you know as a billionaire who's shrewd with his money he's going to be like i'd rather not give him millions of dollars when that could go towards money that i'm losing on carnival or money that i have to pay in lawsuits because he's dumping sewage into the ocean or whatever else billionaires do with that cash right invest it or buy a new yacht or whatever billionaire problems billionaire problems. yeah yeah and like personally i'm not worried about what mickey harrison has to pay like billionaires not to get too political but you know 
billionaires should be contributing more to society than they are. So I really don't, I really don't care, but I, I can see the mentality that he would have to say, I'm just not going to pay that money. It's not, it's not abnormal amongst people who make that kind of cash. Right. No, but with that being all said, you know, I mean, we'll just see what this front office does, you know, and there's a lot of questions that I feel like us have, as Heat fans have asked, you know, time and time. So, you know, at the end of the day, we'll get all of our answers come trade deadline, which is less than two weeks from now. And while we're still on that topic, is there anything else you guys want to talk about regarding the trade deadline? Uh, don't give up a first round pick for PJ Tucker. <laughs> Please don't. Listen, uh, Houston, I don't know what the hell you're doing by asking, not even for a first round pick, by asking for Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson. I don't know what the hell you're doing, but that's a pretty quick way of getting Pat to just throw his phone into the ocean and never hear from you again. <laughs> no, for real. I just. I just hope I just hope something serious happens and these teams quit doing stuff like that, like the Houston stuff, like just throwing out crap, knowing it's not going to stick to the wall. You know, like it's that's terrible. I, I hope we make a move, a good move, and I hope these other teams get more serious and stop throwing out all these ridiculous scenarios. Then, aside from that, anything else we should bring up for the trade deadline? I mean, we are going to talk about this again very soon, you know, when trade deadline does come around. I know very soon, uh, to those listening, we will be doing a pod with Greg Sylvander later on, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, is there anything else we should address till then? I think we covered all the all the all potential the targets. And, yeah, pretty much all the important stuff. We just got to be patient. I mean, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen in the next, I believe, 10 days. So if something happens, it's going to be very soon. If it doesn't, we're going to have to ride out what we got, which isn't necessarily the worst thing ever. Uh, Our ceiling for this team really is going to come down to, if we stay the same, it's really going to come down to seeding and who we would match up in the playoffs. Uh, I could say if the dominoes fall right, our ceiling could be the. I think the each ceiling could be the Eastern Conference Finals if it, if the seeding really falls into that place with an and a potential matchup with the Nets. If it doesn't, well, we might have to worry about them in the second round, which would probably be the worst thing ever. So yeah. I mean, think of it this way: we all expected the Milwaukee Bucks to go much farther into the playoff run than they like than they did because. We almost swept them in the second round of the playoffs. So anything is possible is just what I'm trying to say because they had the best record in the league. Everyone expected them to sweep every team that they were playing, including us, but that wasn't the case. So anything's possible because you can never like just assume that a team's like godly right. just think that they're automatically going to win the playoffs in the finals. So just, yeah, but right now it's looking really, really tough. And if there's any year to be optimistic, it's this year because you never know Absolutely. like what's going to happen with teams like, let's say, some COVID stuff or this or that. Or you, all, you always have the, the injury bug or, you know, you never know. You never know. But 
I mean, look at us. We went from losing to an injured Clippers team to beating the Jazz and the Lakers. I mean, come on, though. Good. And I would rather – and, and, I'll take that any day, honestly. Yeah, as far as winning, though, I definitely want to beat a team that's at full strength. Like, that way people can't, you know, Mickey Mouse this and Mickey Mouse that, you know. Exactly. Right. So, with that being said, is there anything else you guys feel like we should hit on or should we call this an episode? Before we end, all I have to say is one thing. Jim VP. I love how out of sync it sounds, but still sounds beautiful. I know that's gonna be fun. Just doesn't like, matter. Let's go. <laughs> everybody, I have one last thing. Everybody on Twitter, everybody that listens to He versus the World or watches it on YouTube, get on Twitter and hashtag. Get on Twitter and hashtag J I M V P. Jim MVP. Oh, time to start a movement. Time to throw your hat in the ring, fellas. Joel, you have to put hashtag GMVP in the title of this podcast. That's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. So with that being said, um, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. Man, it feels great to do a roundtable again. We back. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. the World podcast, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.